0: 2020 bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au Hello, it's Neil Johnson and welcome to today's 2020 podcast on the Vision Radio Network. You can hear 2020 on Vision each weekday from 10am Australian Eastern Time you might be surprised just how many of us are in pain. Research shows that one in five Australians experience persistent, ongoing pain, and this rises to one in three for people aged over 65. A new book draws on the latest research to explain pain. It's called The Pain Book. Co-author of the pain book, Professor Philip Siddle, is a professor in pain medicine at the University of Sydney. He's joining us today to talk about chronic pain and the value of his new book. Philip Siddle, welcome to 2020.
1: Thank you, Neil. Good to speak to you.
0: Philip, you've worked in pain for now a quarter of a century and uh, you're an expert in this area. Uh, what is it that drives you to put together a book like this that explains pain and uh, for someone who's not a chronic pain sufferer uh, I'm probably a little bit on the outer as to understanding the uh, the depth of the concern that people have when they are suffering chronic pain
1: yeah well as you say Neil it's an area that I've been working in for some time in fact when you put it like that quarter of a century sounds even longer than I was thinking but uh, it, it has been a long time and I think like uh, a lot of other people working in this field I think we're constantly struck by the the toll that chronic pain takes in people's lives. I mean you mentioned the numbers so we certainly know it's a big problem in our community but on an individual level I mean it strikes people at every level. I mean not only physically, uh, I've been mean, putting up with the pain itself but if chronic pain has been there for a while it starts to affect people emotionally almost always. I mean if it's been there it's such a difficult thing to deal with and uh, even right to the core of who they are. I mean, for some people, it can take away their sense of meaning and purpose. It really strikes at the core of who we are.
0: Do people who are suffering chronic pain uh, often go untreated because they don't believe there is any answer to their pain? Or uh, what do you find most people tend to do?
1: Yes, it's true, and it's surprising how often that happens. We often see people who've had uh, pain for some time, and... Um, I mean some people are almost apologetic sometimes when they come in the door and say I'm probably not as bad as other people that you see. But people who've had pain of any intensity for any length of time it can severely affect them and so uh, it's important to see them early and there are things that we can do and I think people aren't sure what pain clinics can sometimes offer. I think sometimes they think they're for sort of a a last resort for when the pain gets really bad or that we're going to give them very strong painkillers. But actually, there are a few very simple things that we can do, some skills, some strategies. We can sometimes tweak their medications. There are there are a number of approaches that we can use that are helpful for anybody who's experiencing pain, whether it's very severe or whether it's just uh, making life a bit more difficult than it should be.
0: I'm interested in the topic uh, in one of your uh, chapters, which is about facing pain, understanding pain. This misunderstanding of pain, is that part of the the problem that people face, uh, understanding it helps to uh, to deal with it?
1: Yeah, it certainly does. And I, I suppose there are a couple of points related to that. Is One is that uh, often and understandably people associate with pain with damage. And that's certainly the case with acute pain. You know, if you have a broken leg or if you have a kidney stone, uh, that's signalling damage and you need to do something about it. The problem is that with chronic pain, the nervous system actually changes and it doesn't necessarily signal damage in the same way. There may be still some inflammation there from joint arthritis or something like that but actually the nervous system can change over time so that the relationship between pain and damage is not as strong. So that's part of the message is to say that for chronic pain anyway the signals uh, are not really good indicators of what sort of damage is there and sometimes you can continue to do things Uh, people become very fearful about moving and and doing things and so sometimes it's just allaying those fears and saying no no when you move your back and you get pain that doesn't necessarily signal that things are getting much worse you can do a certain amount uh, even though the pain is coming on yet the other thing that's really interesting in terms of understanding pain is what we've learned about neuroplasticity you know how the brain changes uh, in response to pain and the fact that we can control pain. So we're learning more and more about how we can use the brain uh, to actually control our pain, which is very exciting.
0: When you say the brain changes, you're saying if we have an accident or there is some damage, the brain adjusts, but then adjusting back to uh, to a healthy uh, perception of pain is something that can be treated.
1: Yes, that's right. So in fact, the way that the, pra- the brain copes sometimes with chronic pain is by actually amplifying it. The- there are changes in the nervous system that actually amplify the pain. So that actually contributes and makes the experience of pain worse. But there are things that we can do to actually, if you like, turn down the volume uh, so that the experience of pain is not as intense. Philip, let's talk
0: about the major causes of pain. Are there particular ailments that we suffer that bring the most pain? What sort of person comes to you and says, I need treatment for my pain? And is there some sort of a, uh, is there a, uh, a typical thing that people come with?
1: Uh, yes, certainly. A large proportion of the people that we see have spinal pain. So that can either be low back pain uh, or neck pain. Um, and then I suppose the other big group is people with arthritis. So we see a lot of people, for example, with uh, knee pain, other sort of joint pain that is contributing. And then, then there's a range of other things. Uh, they can be through from migraines, uh, tension, headaches. And the other big group is, is nerve injury pain. And sometimes people aren't aware of that. Uh, a lot of people probably have heard of phantom limb pain, Uh But the other example is spinal cord injury and some people are surprised to hear that people with spinal cord injury may lose sensation but actually can get severe pain uh, that's related to the nerve damage, even in the area where they don't have sensation.
0: And so when it comes to treatment, uh, is is it usual that there is a drug treatment or is there a whole lot of exercises and do-it-yourself things that you can do to actually minimise the pain?
1: Well medications of course are often the first thing that we turn to and I think that's uh, often the way that we treat pain. Uh, People self-treat of course by going to pharmacies and getting painkillers and as health professionals of course we also use uh, pain medications and we're certainly not against those. I mean they have an important role and there are specific medications sometimes for nerve pain that can be helpful. But there is a risk that people do become dependent and we've seen evidence of that in terms of the numbers of people taking very strong painkillers and becoming dependent on them and a lot of people aren't aware that we do have other ways that can be very helpful in treating pain Uh, you mentioned exercise uh, relaxation stretching uh, meditation Uh, there are a number of different things that we can use that are all helpful
0: We'll talk some more about pain shortly. Uh, Professor Philip Siddle is Professor in Pain Medicine at the University of Sydney and, uh, as I mentioned, more than a quarter of a century in clinical experience. We'll come back and talk some more in just a short while. You're listening to the Vision Radio Network Daily 2020 Podcast. We're back talking about a new book that talks about dealing with chronic pain called The Pain Book. Co-author of The Pain Book, Professor Philip Siddle, is professor in pain medicine at the University of Sydney. In our last segment, we were talking about the common causes of pain. Philip, let's spend a few moments talking about how you can treat the pain. Going along to someone like yourself for some level of pain therapy is clearly good, but what you can do yourself must be really important for sufferers of chronic pain.
1: Yes, no, it's, it's hugely important. Of course, there are things that we can do as we talked about medications, seeing physiotherapists, and a lot of health professionals involved in pain who do a great job. But I think there's less awareness of the sort of things that we can do to help ourselves, which just mean that people can control their own pain without becoming reliant on others. And I think... Uh, that's one of the exciting things for people in terms of what we do in our clinic. We run a pain program where we teach people some of these skills. And as people go through, right, they get very excited to see that the control of their pain goes back back to them in a sense. That I think one of the difficulties with chronic pain is that after a while you can feel as though pain is controlling your life. And using some of these skills that you can do yourself, such as we mentioned exercise and relaxation, and a few others, uh, that this actually gives control back over again, and people people find that just helpful for a start. Well,
0: let's talk about some really important aspects of pain, and uh, I'll note that there are some deeper and transformative things that happen in a person's life and a part of their uh, whole uh, body and system. Uh, we've already talked about the brain and how you can retrain it. Are there deeper things that pain sufferers suffer in common?
1: There are, and I I think we typically see that pain affects us on all levels. And this is one of the difficult things with chronic pain is that, of course, everybody's aware of the physical and it has other effects such as deconditioning, uh, changes in muscles. Then the pain can go a bit deeper. So it affects things such as uh, how we feel. People often become angry, uh, frustrated, irritable, uh, depressed. Uh, It affects the way that they think. So people can think, Uh, very negatively about the future and they become very fearful about what's happening in terms of the pain. But it can actually strike even deeper as you're saying uh, in terms of things such as uh, hope. I mean people can lose hope that their future is going to be the same again. They had plans for the future, things that they were hoping to do in terms of work or doing things with their family. And so even a sense of loss of meaning and purpose which can be really deep. Uh, And when you start talking to people at that level which not always happens uh, you can see people identifying with that and and saying how much pain does affect them it it really can have a severe impact.
0: In fact I note that the whole second part of the book uh, the pain book is devoted to finding hope Uh, hope is not something that I guess most people associate with pain but what you're saying is that's actually one of the deeper things that uh, that can be a solution to finding meaning through your pain.
1: Yes, yeah, certainly. and In fact, uh, the National Pain Week, which is just coming up uh, in the next week, is uh, very much centred around hope again. And so National Pain Week is largely driven by people with pain. And again and again, that as you say, that's something that people are looking for. It's very easy to lose hope when you have chronic pain. And that's one of the messages that we're trying to bring out in this book, is that uh, as its subtitle, it's called The Pain Book, uh, Finding Hope When It Hurts is that there are some things that uh, that we can do ourselves in terms of how we deal with pain that actually can give people back a sense of hope. And it's, it's something that we see again in our pain program, which we run here and where we use the book, is we see people coming back to the end of the program and saying, no, I have found hope. I have, I can do the things that I thought I wouldn't be able to do. There is uh, there is light at the end of the tunnel, which is fantastic. It's very rewarding for us as clinicians.
0: Philip, uh, the book is simply written. It's not written for uh, academics. It's written for real people with real chronic pain. Uh, that's intentional too because you want to make this available for people to, uh, to understand their pain and then therefore get on top of it.
1: Yes, that's right. So it's written by three of us. So myself uh, as a pain specialist, our physiotherapist and our clinical psychologist uh, who are running the program, Uh, The others have also had very extensive experience in treating pain and the idea was to write something that was very easily readable uh, for people with pain uh, to present information that is new and up-to-date in terms of how pain works and the sort of skills that we can use to manage pain but in a very easily readable format. And we also as part of that sent it to uh, consumer organisations that are dealing with people in pain and asked for their review and their feedback. And they helped us to uh, to format it and to write it in such a way that seems to uh, connect and, and uh, is easily readable for people who have pain.
0: I'm interested in the fact that your clinical psychologist that you mentioned, uh, and I, I guess we're talking about Robin Murray, uh, yeah, is in right. fact uh, someone who trains people in the psychology of happiness. Uh, you know, it's almost, uh, they're almost opposites, aren't they? Uh, happiness and pain. And, uh, and, and I guess the two are linked.
1: Yes, that's right. And uh, yes, Robin has a very special interest uh, in this and, and the area of positive psychology. And again, uh, that's sort of reflected in some of the things that we talk about in the book. Uh, often pain is sort of framed in terms of fear, anger, depression. And we've tried to sort of frame it in a more positive way. So we talk about courage and gratitude and hope which is sometimes quite different from what you'd read in a book like this. But part of that is that I suppose over the years that we've been seeing people with pain and, and different uh, conditions, one of the things that really jumps out is that people who are resilient, I guess, if you like, who who face pain and seem to bounce back and and do very well are those people who have those qualities. So... They're the things that we focused on. We, time and time again, I guess we see people who've had severe chronic pain, who are facing tremendous hurdles, and yet still seem to exhibit those qualities of, of courage and gratitude and hope. And that's that's what we wanted to bring out in the book. And they're the sort of uh, qualities that we're trying to, uh, we think are possible with some of these skills.
0: I also note, uh, Philip, that the foreword to your book is by comedian Judith Lucy, uh, who has also suffered her own pain issues. There's obviously a connection there and and she just uh, adds a little bit of uh, character and life to the way that people might think about picking up a book like this.
1: Yes, she certainly does. And uh, Judith Lucy has a connection with our physiotherapist, Rebecca McCabe. Rebecca appeared on her uh, recent uh, series on Judith Lucy's Spiritual Journeys, which was on the ABC. So they've become good friends through that. And uh, we approached Judith because... uh, because of that connection. And she does write in that way. She she is a funny, she's an extremely funny woman, but she also has had experiences of pain and the way, she, the way she writes in the forward, I think brings out that sort of mix. And yet again, I suppose her ability to be able to face those things and to emerge from them Uh, with a real sense of humor.
0: Well, I'll point uh, listeners to a website where they can see some more about The Pain Book and perhaps get a hold of their own copy. It's www.thepainbook.com. Professor Philip Siddle is our guest. And uh, Philip, it's just been a pleasure. Thanks so much for uh, sharing these things about your new book with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's been a pleasure.